Welcome to the Strategy with Jason podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It's Jason Harris here, and I'm joined by the one, the only, the Austin, and the oh-so-famous Mr. Jeff Tessier. Jeff, what's up? Austin, how you doing? Excellent. Hey, guys. Hey, uh, thanks for joining today's show. This is Strategy with Jason, where we get to talk anything and everything we want to talk about when it comes to strategy. And, you know, we'll always sprinkle a little automotive in there as well, but the core of this, the core of this um, show is to talk about strategy. Just one of my favorite topics. You know, you know, you know what? I can't turn my brain off when it comes to it. I see it everywhere. You know, I just like there's a reason why my car's got this license plate that says strategy on it. Um, like I just I can't turn off the fact that you can just you, you can see it play out, you can see it everywhere. It's in everything, right? You watch sports, you see the strategy, you see it get played out. You know, I'm watching my kids and I'm watching them play and I can see the strategy start to develop and get better with them. It's just like, it is all around us. And in this podcast, we get to talk everything we want to talk when it comes to it. I know, um, Austin, you got some topics you want to jam about today. What do you got? Yes. So we're going to talk about branding and we're going to talk about standing out from uh, the rest of the market. And nobody did it better than the unfortunate news of hearing about Ryan Smolkin passing away. Um, He was the master at standing out in a crowded market and using brand to really create an amazing experience and amazing brand. And Jason, I know you had Ryan on the podcast at one point. Yeah. Me and Ryan met, uh, we actually connected online uh, via LinkedIn maybe about four years ago or so. And um, we just, uh, I admired his commitment to his brand. Um, It wasn't until, you know, after I had an opportunity to do a podcast with him, I kind of understood, you know, uh, that his brand was, was, went way beyond just a marketing strategy and his brand, uh, uh, really was a culture um, and not only on how he ran his business, um, but how he trained his employees, how he grew his business, you know, um, brand, it's rare. It's rare. It's rare when a point, when a brand evolves beyond a brand and it evolves into a, a culture and uh, Ryan did that. And it's, I don't know, Jeff, you, you sent me the text when you saw that. And um, wow, to lose him, it's a bummer, man. Um, you know, um, yeah, he was a really, really cool guy. Um, I had an opportunity, like I said, I, I'm, we're best friends by any means, more just, you know, watch each other out afar of what they were doing online and in social media uh we did a podcast together and uh uh that that guy's definitely going to be missed i'm sure by a lot of people but you know i mean to you know and i love the fact that you brought this up because you know um i think what he achieved is rare and very much so worth worth talking about and uh anybody that has never had a you know i'm gonna say it right putin 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 I can't always say it wrong. It's been 15 years I lived in Canada. I still say it wrong. Jeff, how do I say it? Poutine is okay. Poutine. 
or poutine or poutine sorry in french but you know it doesn't matter jeff or anybody else totally good enough <laughs> jeff, everybody we're not talking about a name of like some car built in china um yeah, for everybody else, i don't know what that is can you explain to them the beauty of what that is <laughs> well traditional would be nice golden crisp french fries with some uh, fresh cheese curds squeakier the better and a dark beef gravy over top. Now, Ryan took it many steps further and made so many dishes out of it. It's ridiculous. I, I was looking at their menu this morning and I was just like, oh, I couldn't even imagine what some of these would taste like, right? But I, I do per always have some uh, kind of like my comfort food is, is poutine. So, mm -hmm. but uh, I, I enjoy most of the ones like the, you know, bacon on top or mushrooms sometimes but I, I really the traditional sense totally mine Comfort what food. does squeaky cheese curds mean <laughs> that's what i was thinking but it makes sense <laughs> the fresher they are the squeakier they are and they just have that like when you're in your firmness or no i actually know what you're talking about there's kind of like a there's a it's a little squeak there's a squeak to it you know? when it's fresh i guess because they're so I don't know the way they're processed damp or I don't know what it is, the moisture in it. Like it's like almost like a mozzarella piece, right? But it's it's just the way they're processed. The squeakier they they are, the better they taste. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people are gonna be listening to the show. They're like I thought this was a podcast about strategy. What the hell are they talking about food for? You know? Yeah, yeah. Um but it make me hungry, but <laughs> like I said, look, I'm I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad that we're that, that this came up. I'm glad we're talking about it. It's very unfortunate. Um, you know, but I think it's just a great way to kind of just, you know, honor the person and the businessman he was is, is to identify the, the rarity of what he accomplished. Um, and I do say rarity because I don't think it doesn't happen that often. It doesn't happen where someone goes out with the intent to build a brand, but the brand evolves beyond a brand. And like I said, ultimately turns into a culture. So, I mean, I'll give you guys, if you don't know Ryan's history, definitely I encourage you to go out there and, and read a little bit about him. Um, but, you know, it was, he was on, well, when I remember when I asked him what his goal was, it was, it was world domination. Um, but it was world domination, but world domination of, of, of the restaurant industry and how people perceive, all right, uh, fries, cheese curds, and gravy. Um, but, but not just that, and he did, and, he, and the company had an artistic approach to it, all right, many different variations from butter chicken to uh, to a burger version, to a pizza version, to pretty much any anything you could into it but it was also um the passion behind it i mean guys it's fries gravy and cheese i mean how do you I, make anything out of that right I mean, and half the world doesn't even know what that is yeah, <laughs> half the world i mean more, more than half, half. <laughs> I mean, 80 percent of the world out there doesn't know what it is um but it's just you know the time i got to spend it with him is just the passion behind what not only the product uh, but the way that he wanted to, you know, his passion to present the product to the world, he wanted everybody to try this. And I, and I will say, to me today, it is one of the best comfort foods. You know, I'm, I'm now living here in Nashville, Tennessee. There's there's one restaurant that's literally right up the street, and the owner is from Canada, and he does make it. And it's like the only place. And even my daughter the other day goes, "Can we go there? I need a <laughs> poutine." 
you know, and it is, it is, it is, it's, you know, if, if you're from the South, you understand what I'm talking about when it comes to comfort food. There are just certain foods that just take you to your happy place. And, and that's, and for a lot of people, that's what a poutine is. And, um, and Ryan wanted to share that with the world. That was his global domination. <laughs> it was his goal. Um, but not only did he have passion for this amazing comfort food, he also had passion for 80s rock and roll. <laughs> and, and, and along with that was plaid. <laughs> it's growing up. All right. Uh, it was... You know, listening to Kiss, Gene Simmons, just you know, uh, rock party all night, rock and roll all day. Um, oh, you have a little piece? You got a piece of it? All right, let's show it. Let's show it. So this is just the intro of your your podcast have- with him. Um, hey, what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining another episode of Strategy Mob. Now today is a unique episode. In fact, I've been looking forward to doing this episode. Like, So I just want to give you a little taste of Ryan's personality with the beginning of this podcast here. Spatinery, Ryan Smolkin. Ryan, thank you so much for taking the time to jam with me today. You've got to fire it up, brother. That's what it's all about. <laughs> That's right. We're going we're gonna to bring the heat, and I'm going to have to adjust a lot of fire audio during this up. one because I know Ryan's going to okay. be very passionate. So Ryan is a I'm very passionate person. Staying calm this time. This one, I'm staying calm. I'm using the lead. Now I'm the father. I'm staying calm. I'm not shadow, brother. Well, hey, Ryan, to kind of get us. So, that's, yeah. that's, that's a little taste of Ryan. <laughs> you know what, though? That energy and that passion, I don't know if the guy ever knew how to turn it off. At least I never saw it. I'm sure there are people that were much closer to him. Um, but I would be surprised if he ever turned that off. You know, there was just, is you know, there's an art. It was like um, always wore plaid, uh, had like, I mean, pretty much you felt like, you know, he was at a rock concert everywhere, you know, in his head. All right. It was, you know, I'm pretty sure Gene Simmons is playing in the back of his head, you know, party all night, rock and roll all day, you know, like just and that's just how the guy lived his life. And so so he took up his passion for rock and roll, his passion for this food and his passion for people. And just wanted to mold all of this together um, and then kind of wrap it in this plaid, you know, wrapping paper <laughs> and just give it to the world. And like I said, it rare, very, very rare uh, for someone who goes out to set out. But I think it was also from a culture perspective, you know, you got to go and see there are, you know, monster fans uh, just, just absolutely dedicated fans to to the restaurant, to the brand, to the food. Uh, the staff, the staff are equally as excited, you know, as as I think he was. And there's many, many, you know, videos out there of of the staff just embracing this 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 love uh, for this comfort food and just rock and roll. And um, and I think it 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 may seem like it's totally just his personality and it's, and it's coming just out of him organically. But I do think there was a lot of strategy with it too, you know? Like, um, so I'm going to play this tidbit here from the podcast. And he, he gets into talking about exactly the, the strategy of like understanding his demographic and matching sort of the brand with the demographic. So it's not necessarily just totally him just being him. It's, there's a lot of the business strategy behind it. I agree. 
to telling the story. I, I feel that consumers buy into a story way before they buy into a product. You know, I mean, I mean think of how many restaurants out there sell fries, gravy, and cheese curds, you know, thousands, <laughs> thousands of them out there, but they don't have your story. And I feel like any small business, I don't care if they're an automotive dealership, or they're selling plumbing supplies, or, you know, they're a real estate agent, or they, the king of poutinery, uh, poutines, um, you know, like th there's an art to that storytelling. And I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts on that of, you know, how do you start with that story and how do you, how do you get that to resonate with your audience? Again, I can't take credit for it. I have to give that to smoke. I just have to always say that that's my disclaimer because I cannot take credit. That's the only thing he might pull the plug on me and take it back. <laughs> But it's just looking at your audience, look at the voids, look at what's out there. And it's a, it's in every industry, like you're saying. It's like food, food for me is like, it's obviously you guys know too, in your industry too, it's just oversaturated and you got to stand out. And it's everybody, especially now with the economic times, what we're into, you're just in this big pot of fucking mud and you got to stand out oh, yeah. and be loud. And, and that's where the stay the fucking side uh, poem and video came out because we had to stand out. You got to say something louder than everybody else is to get noticed. Right. And so from the beginning of time, that's what we've been doing. And even though in this industry, it, technically poutinery did not exist, uh, but, you know, it, we're not competing against, at that time, other poutineries. We're competing against everything and anything out there that, in our certain case, I was focused on nightlife, right? Midnight to 4 a.m., downtown urban core, you know, 18 to 25, university towns. Like, that was our core market. They've got which, the money. There's a lot of people fighting for that audience. You exactly. Know? Still lots of people. Fighting. Shawarma place, you know, falafel, pizza slices, subs, like anything you can think of. That's who we're up against. So, saturated again. So, and, but that's where I think our brand evolved from. Uh, technically, to answer the first question you had 15 minutes ago <laughs> was because of our target audience, right? It starts with the target and who we're going after, not so much the product. We could have been selling fucking anything. And that's why, and that's interesting. I even say that to slip that in, they get off subject and then come back to it later for you. That's what we'll do all this whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> even from the very beginning and still to this day, even at our our trade shows even like so this is top down this like global headquarters we're doing the trade shows and i'm selling this in like these are our, our trade show booth is like it's a it's platified again it's a full rock and roll stage show and it literally looks like we have this huge rock and roll stage that it looks like we're blasting the so cool the whole time we're blasting the 80s rock i'm air guitar and out front and singing the songs to everybody full fatigue for 12 hours they think i'm just some just some entertainment dude they don't know i own the whole puppy and and it's just entertainment right from the very beginning because that's going to attract the right people that we want as our partners and our franchisees Love it. i went through the recession um you know and even prior to that <laughs> you know oh man too early too early you know i was just gonna say um you so, know but i guess how does how do dealers sort of embrace that strategy of standing out by knowing your audience? Well, you, you know, I think it's any good marketing strategy, any good brand strategy, uh, you spend more time um, acknowledging who your audience is and, and not necessarily uh, what the product or what the results are going to be, right? <clears throat> There, there, there's a strategy in marketing where 
when you're talking to someone, not at someone. Okay, so let me go there. Okay, so, you know, marketing, good marketing, proper marketing, right, is talking to someone. Um, 99% of marketing out there is targeting at someone. It's, it's talking at them. Um, and then it's just, and then it's rare to run a proper campaign where you actually get to talk to someone. Cause what you, what you're doing is you're talking to your audience. You know, your audience, you intimately know your audience. You've spent tons of time in research. All right. You've, you, maybe you've been that audience at one point, or if not, you put yourself in the shoes of that audience. And then the messaging that comes out from that is so unique and catered to that. I mean, Jeff, I'm sure you've seen some examples of this too, no? Yep. What would be one that's off the top of your head? Um, Sorry to just draw on a blank. (laughs) But yeah, you know, like to me, it's if you're not speaking just like those commercials, like you need to buy this today, today only type of stuff, right? What? You got a message that's going to give your audience a reason of why it is they want to do business with you versus just anybody else. What is it that you have to offer? Maybe it's your, you know, what your presence at your store is going to be like or the, after, you know, how you're going to be in that involvement down the road. I don't know. I'm thinking things like that, right? Well, I mean, I'll give you an example, I think, on the automotive side. Let's take a look at Jeep, Okay. Jeep Wrangler, still in my opinion, one of the worst vehicles. <laughs> okay, um, look, it's the only—I think it's the only uh, frame on top build SUV still built, isn't it? I mean, it's it's it it, yeah, it, it rattles, it shakes, it leaks. All right, uh, the the hood flutters like this when you go down the highway at you know seventy miles an hour. Well, maybe the newer ones are a little bit better, but listen, fundamentally though. They know their audience and they could have changed, right? They, they've, they could have taken all this stuff away. All right. They, they could have, they could have remodeled the entire thing or it doesn't shake. And it's, they could have gone to independent suspension and they could have, they could have gone with a different type of roof. So you don't have panels and it's not leaking anymore. Like they, they, they could have done all of that. They did. All right. They knew their audience. They stuck to their audience. And that's why you look at a Jeep, from 2000, you know, a 2008 to a Jeep in 2023, fundamentally is not that different from each other at all. All right. I mean, almost all the way down to the design. Now, of course, yeah, headlights are nicer, interiors a little bit nicer, stuff like that, but they still do the same thing. They still shake, they whistle, they're loud. All right. If you own a Jeep, you've broken a windshield at least half a dozen times in the time that you've owned it because it's completely flat and anything that hits it will crack um you know like it's you know talk about a product uh that they they took the time to understand the audience all right uh they committed to the audience and they never changed they kept it they kept the brand with the brand now again we talk about brand gets to a point where it evolves out of brand and turns into a culture well, that's the thing with the Jeep, that's, right? Yeah. That's the Jeep Wrangler, all right? Like they've got their own little cult following where their slogans are it's a Jeep thing you wouldn't understand. Exactly. So unless I mean, you're in that community, you're not actually a part of the same feeling, right? Like they have their own little signals they pass to each other while driving down the road. They all have their off-roading experiences and things like that, right? And so Jeep has kind of 
maybe they created that in the beginning and let that evolve into what it is today and identify that they're not going to let that go. They're just going to let that culture continue, right? Because they know their audience, they didn't change. Do you understand what I mean? Like they, and they, they identify, they didn't change, right? Like, I mean, think about that's like, you know, uh, Ryan did the same thing. He identified his audience. All right. And I can guarantee you if he was still with us, even 20 years from now, he'd still be wearing plaid. All right, air guitaring, you know, to an 80s rock band, you know, like it just knows the audience, made a commitment to talking to that audience, not not to marketing at the to that audience, not marketing at that audience. Yeah. You know, same thing we see in automotive. It's a Jeep thing, right? Like look, look at every commercial in any Jeep out there. All right. It's driving up the side of a mountain barreling through a river it's a cheap thing who the hell goes and spends 40 50 60 70 thousand dollars on a vehicle and literally turns around rips the doors off of it and drives through a bloody river time yeah yeah <laughs> it's a cheap thing it's a cheap thing but i think as anybody out there watching listening right now um as a business owner as an entrepreneur this is something that we can strive for um but you have to know your audience and, you know, I still don't think I've even ever gotten to this place yet where I know my audience so well that I'm able to market to them, not at them. I mean, I think we've had bits and points of time where that is, but it's rare. Um, and I think it's, you know, and this is why we wanted to talk about Ryan today because it's, it's just rare. And I wanted to acknowledge it because not a lot of companies, big, small, medium or anything ever get to a point where you know you create something that evolves beyond brand and into culture and you know you you are connecting with your audience so you're connecting with your audience in a way that's so deep it goes beyond the product right and that's the same thing jeep did. it's a jeep thing right it's like it, i mean so much so that i mean people will continue to buy these things even if they don't take them off road it is just and I think a brand says something about the individual. So if you're if you do business with Jeep, you're saying that you're outdoorsy person and you're like adventure and, and it's it's you by you doing business with a certain brand, it's sort of has to fit into your personality. And so if your brand doesn't stand for a particular audience, it doesn't say anything about that person by doing business with them. And um, I think that Ryan did that really well, where he he made it cool to to associate yourself with that brand and also knew his audience so well that he as a person and his sort of energy would resonate with his younger audience. It's I think it should be everybody's objective. And, you know, um, I think sometimes we go out to to build a brand for the sake of building a brand, not knowing necessarily what the goal and objective of building a brand is. And if you're out there watching and listening right now, and you feel like you're kind of in that space, you know, where you've been walking the path of building a brand, um, but you don't necessarily know where, you know, where the finish line is or what the objective or the goal behind it is. And, you know, it, it is, it, it is to take that, that, that passion. All right. Uh, but then turn the brand into something that connects at, human level not just a marketing level 
And this happens. This happens. It, it, it happens quite often. Uh, or not, sorry, it doesn't happen quite often. And then I think that's why it's it's something that we should talk about and 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 identify. And, you know, I know I'm still a little taken back by the fact that yeah. you guys young, like it just, you know, I would have loved, I would have, I can't say, God, I would have just loved to watch. I, I really was rooting for him. You know, I wanted to see global do- domination. I wanted to see everybody in the world eating poutine. <laughs> you know what I mean? But not just, yeah, not well- just, his you know smokes smokes poutine you know like I what just, was it when you talked about him in the last episode you said uh he was opening a restaurant in like qatar or something like somewhere in the middle east like he was actually <laughs> trying to do world domination like he's well he just such a passion for this comfort food that he wanted to share this warmth this this joy with just the world <laughs> you know and just you know and then of course it, next to that, his passion for 80s rock and roll bands, like, you know, and just wanted to not only share his his comfort food, but also, you know, this culture of rock and roll. And um, yeah, man, way too young. Sucks. How do you think you can sort of like identify your audience? And, and so like, obviously, like once you've identified your audience, you sort of listen to them and listen to their interests and listen to what they resonate in, in terms of your brand and your product. Um, but how do you sort of get to the point where you know exactly who that audience is? Well, knowing who your audience is and it, I guess, I guess the way to, well, I mean, a lot the data is there, right? The data is there of, no, of knowing who your audience is. Right. And there's, there's been many examples where, you know, the data has been there and we've ignored the data, right? Uh, you know, a friend of mine, you know, Brent Wees years ago talked about this at a conference and he brought up Scion, right? <laughs> the automotive industry, you guys might remember Scion, right? Yep. <laughs> and this was just literally the, the, the perfect example of not looking at the data to help identify your audience, right? The, the data was super clear, you know? that you know it was people in their late 30s purchasing these vehicles um yet the marketing department seemed to just want to completely ignore <laughs> like utterly ignore uh the data and decided that it was going to be people in their early 20s uh that were going to buy these vehicles even though they didn't have jobs or money to purchase a vehicle and you know they sponsored raves and they sponsored you know um uh sporting events you know and and they 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 did stupid advertisements you know with people young in their 20s you know drinking milk and eating donuts and doing circles in a parking lot inside of a scion tc you know it's just like they completely ignored the data and the company no longer exists so Scion as a brand doesn't exist because they ignored the data. So Austin, your question was, how do you identify your audience? So the data is there, right? It's you have to first really break down the data, understand it. And then that spend all your time committed to talking at that audience, not talking to that audience. You know, it's like if your audience is soccer moms, all right, 
spend time knowing that audience, you know, um, invite soccer moms to the conversation, stress test your messaging. Like it, it is, you know, you're looking to, to be a part of their conversation, not try to, you know, create the, con you know, not try to inject yourself into the conversation. Um, and it's, 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 it's a tough, well, I don't like to say it's tough. Actually, it's actually not that tough at all, but it's a commitment because, you know, as an industry, we would have to get away from the traditional marketing messages that we have of a $250 biweekly vehicle. Because we, because you know, in for many many dealerships out there watching, listening right now, marketing is just a proverbial check. I mean, like, check, I did it. <laughs> it's done. You know, um, I'm advertising the biweekly payment. You know, but that doesn't. That's the polar opposite of talking to your audience. Not talk, and, you know, and I think some people don't want to stand for something because they don't want to exclude a certain audience. It's like, so, so there's a little bit of fear oh, in gosh. actually cash a wide, cast a wider net. Yeah. Making yeah, a stance on something, you know, like that. Cause for the Ryan example, like what if people don't like his interests? Like you would think maybe like, so he's brave enough to stand for the, what he loves in sure. his audience. But like that, could it be excluding a certain group of people that don't like heavy metal or, um, rock bands or sort of that intense energy, you know? Yes. Uh, you're hundred percent right. Um, you know, having that intense energy, that passion, um, look, it, it's you being you and it's authentic. Right. And, you know, I think that it's worth the risk to be authentic and to put yourself out there in an authentic way, because more people are going to connect with you than they are going to be turned off by you, by being authentic, being authentically you. Right. Um, I may not appreciated um, 80s rock bands. All right. But what I do appreciate is the passion and the authenticity that 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 he had. You know, um, guys, look, I know we're towards the tail end of our conversation. Um, if you're watching this uh, or listening to this, please go out. I, I'd love for you to do some research and, and learn a little bit about Ryan and their company. Um, like I said, he did something that I think is very rare. Um, we don't see it too often, and I think there's a lot to be learned there. If you guys would like to check out more content like this, you know, visit strategywithjason.com. Thank you all for taking the time to jam with us today. Jeff, Austin, this has been great. You guys have yourself an amazing day. Take care. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to the Strategy with Jason podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content? Be sure to check out the full podcast library at strategywithjason.com to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting.